It is April 24th, 2020. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast talking about SmackDown, celebration of Triple H tonight, a very unique SmackDown with no audience. Uh, Matt, I, I got to start by asking uh, not just what you thought of the show, but what did you think about that last segment that they went off the air with? Good. I thought this yeah. was good. I enjoyed tonight's different. show, actually. I thought tonight's show was a better SmackDown in a while. Yeah, it's... Uh, I liked that... I like that it was a weird ending. Um, I like Vince yeah. coming out. Uh, I mean, yes. at least they're trying some different shit. This is not what I predicted it was. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I thought Triple H was going to end up in a feud. Someone was going to come and attack him. And, you know, it was going to be sort of a predictable, oh, Triple H is coming back for one more run. But this was different tonight. Yeah, I mean, it, it was. It turned into like a roast of Triple H. And they, they got as creative as they could, having people call him, since they couldn't have a bunch of people, you know, come out and make appearances. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, when I saw he and Sean out there and when I saw that it was going to be the main event spot and they were going to take the entire final like half hour, I thought, okay, is the fiend going to put a mandible claw on Sean or triple H? Are they going to try mm. to get a, a rub there? Um, the Vince, the Vince part was a little awkward, <laughs> but, uh, but, but overall, you know what, if they didn't have, I would rather them do something creative and kind of slapstick yes. having, putting them, you know, trying to make each other laugh. I'd rather something like that versus them trying to force a match or a few that's just not main event worthy. So whatever. Any, anytime they think outside the box and do something different, whether it's a hit or miss, I'll always call it at least. And I have to give them credit because in addition to Katie Vick, uh, Vince McMahon referencing Bailey, this is your life um, shows a keen awareness uh, on their part of what the fans think is one of the worst segments in the last five years of WWE programming. Uh, so I like that. I like that he went a little deeper. If, if he would have referenced old day, the trifecta would have been complete. Uh, that was probably the other terrible, uh, most terrible segment in recent memory. But uh, yeah, so let's talk about it and go segment by segment tonight. So we started with the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions, Kofi Kingston and Big E came out. Uh, Cole talked about what happened last week with Big E winning the triple threat against Jey Uso and The Miz. Uh, Kofi and Big E stopped by the announce table to celebrate their win. And um, uh, New Day was talking about they now have more title reigns than the Hart Foundation, the British Bulldogs, New Age Outlaws, Demolition, Edge and Christian. Wow. Kofi says he doesn't want to brag. He says that because they're proud wow. to be uh, next to the greats in the industry. Um, and they were interrupted by the Lucha House Party who came yes. out. They want to be the first challengers. And they were interrupted by the Miz and Morrison. Um, Miz cutting a promo and a rebuttal, and then they're all interrupted by the Forgotten Sons, Steve Cutler, Wesley Blake, and Jackson Ryder. So with them, of course, uh, attacking everyone at the end. So what did you think of this promo first, and what do you think of the Forgotten Sons and this push they're giving them, Matt? Awesome. I thought this was awesome. I love the, I love the Forgotten Sons promos. too. I love that. I love it because them working into we're legit badasses, we're legit you know, heroes in real life. Mm-hmm. You guys play them on TV. That 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 I, I love that. Um, it's fitting. It, it, it's who they look like, and having them beat up. Like no offense to Lucha House Party, they were only in there to serve as another team to take an ass whipping, and that's why they were in there. Um, but it it made it was perfect. When I used to be in OBW and I was the monster babyface at the time, um, Cornette would just feed people into the ring just for someone for me to punch, another one for me to give a big boot to, another one to give me a disc a discus clothesline to them. Another one to pick up fucking power bomb, just all. And I just stand in the middle of the ring, um, and it makes you look like a fucking freak. This yeah. made those three look like freaks. It's how you book and get people over. Um, out of all those teams in that ring, 
physically, in my opinion, they look the most impressive. Now, Miz and Morrison look like stars. They look like Hollywood stars. And, uh, you know, John Morrison's like, like fucking, is built like a freaking Greek god. But um, I thought those three look like, physically speaking, bigger stars, if I'm being honest. And Lucha House Party should never get a microphone again. <laughs> Ever. Ever. That was the worst. I didn't know if the guy was joking. Was he making like a funny voice on purpose? When he was talking, like I thought I was, a, I haven't watched any, you know, uh, what's that show called that we don't watch for WWE? What do they call it now? Uh, main event. Oh yeah, um, is that so? I was like, is it, are they a main event? And I'm not watching their storylines on that. Maybe I don't understand this gimmick. Why is he talking so like like a little kid, and not even like a little kid, like like the most unintimidating person in the world that wants to turn into fisticuffs? It just, <laughs> it just, it, it. I don't know. I, I don't like I just didn't like that part of it. But uh this first segment did its job to get those three over hard. Yeah, Lucha House Party, obviously. <laughs> not a uh, not a shiny moment on the mic, but I, I like him a lot in the ring. I've said that these let's say Dorado and Graham and Elite are, 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 are two of the better um you know, masked luchador style wrestlers that they have. So glad that they at least got that inserted for later in the show. But yeah, this for the Forgotten Sons, uh, including on Wednesdays on NXT, this is this was the best segment they've ever been um presented as and yeah the, the comment of saying you know you play a marine in those movies but i actually was you know i mean that that gave some so like okay awesome. that, that gave some badass to it that gave some credibility it gave some relate, yeah. you know some relatability i mean so now we started we started understanding okay these three guys who are the are forgotten sons now we're starting to learn about them so this was this was good and this yep. is the first time they've ever explicitly stated that right now we've speculated on this podcast before that, no, they, that we, have they I said that them. before I, I'm sorry, you can't see me right now. I yeah. uh, I told him, I texted after me and you had this conversation. I texted uh, Gunner. And yeah. He's like, uh, he's like, no, we said it in uh, NXT. They, don't, they didn't do it a lot. He just did it like once, I think. Gotcha. So they were he all... legit really is. I don't know about the other ones, but he legit is. That's what I was trying to find out because I was looking online, and I think that's what we found before. When you with Gunner, uh, it's public record. I'm just curious with the others. Uh, because they're they're obviously leaning into this very hard right now. Now I am air in this chat with the Buck ninety nine super chat. Often people uh, disagree and toss money at us. You get rage, by the way. <laughs> uh, when people, I can hear you, Matt Morgan. I'm, tell, I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tell my wife to give me this PWI five hundred magazine so I can show all the fans watching our podcast and bring it back out to you guys. And I'm like, all right. So I'm trying to tell her like where I'm, I'm like, honey. You can't see. And she's like, it gives me like an energy drink. And I go, you suck at charades. I'm surprised, I'm surprised you're not busting out the issue of uh, penthouse. penthouse. That's what yeah. I'm hoping for. Yeah. <laughs> you guys give me time, I'll go get it. Penthouse, uh, the champagne of men's magazines. Um, it's actually, it's funny to me that you kept saying playboy, playboy, playboy. And they're like, no, it was penthouse. And I was like, oh shit. That's like, yeah, uh, that's deep. Um so uh, I am error is pointing out tossing money to disagree. Raj Giri's got to be so happy right now saying the chat mostly agrees tonight was bad. Look, I think it's a different bar right now. And this could have been two hours, two hour live show of, uh, of uh, kids incorporated, or you can't do that in television or anything tonight. And I'd be like, well, you went out there for two hours and you entertained us. I think we're at that stage in uh in this shutdown and not having a lot of live entertainment. I think as far as uh, audience list shows go tonight, wasn't terrible. Yeah. You have to watch these shows with uh, a different pair of glasses on than what you normally would. I mean, you can still, we can still 
you know, critique a match, critique a promo, but in terms of trying to like look at in a show overall, and especially looking at a segment that again would rely so heavily on the crowds popping and laughing to the shtick that 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 was going on in the, in the Triple H segment. I mean, you have to just give it. You have to you have to put a different um, uh, you know different spin on this when you watch these shows. And I, and I go back to, again. I, I think I think I, I enjoyed watching this two hours of SmackDown more than I enjoyed watching the three hours of Raw Monday. So yeah. Well, it went by quicker, right? And I think that that definitely counts for something. Uh, Matt, you, you found it. see this, or, is it, or does it show up backwards? I see it. No, it's right side. <laughs> what does it say in the in the red? The uh, the decade's top one hundred top PWI five hundred finishers. All right, that means you have to in the in the last ten years you got to. Have at least five times you were in the top five hundred. Oh come on, it's possible. <laughs> uh, this is not going as according to plan here, folks. <laughs> oh, there, there he is, Matt Morgan, seventy-three. 73. Wow, and I ain't wrestled since twenty fourteen. It's impressive. What's up? What's well, from 09 <laughs> to two thousand nineteen? Is apparently this decade. Yeah. How about that? Well, it, how about that, Wrestling Inc. podcast fans? You get that a part of your podcast now. Ross should give you a raise. I want to. I was just say I want to raise <laughs> my. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what you got to do is you got to get Raj on here when he's had a couple drinks, and then it's time to negotiate. You know? No, I really got to get my penthouse, but then Raj would complain that I left my car again to, to go get. Raj would text you. I'm not paying you, Morgan, to to look at your empty car seat. You get your <laughs> ass back. He <laughs> 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 He'd complain about you leaving your your chair, but he wouldn't complain about you grabbing a pornographic magazine to put on his podcast. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyhow, to be clear, those just tuning in, I was in this magazine called it was Penthouse Magazine. It was an article, best of the badass edition. I don't want people first time turning and what <laughs> Matt Morgan was in Penthouse. It was Penthouse, not Playgirl. Right. Playgirl is Playgirl even still published? Is that even yeah. still a thing? Nobody nice. wants to see that. Trust me. <laughs> Um, let's talk about, <laughs> let's not go off on that tangent and instead talk about the money in the bank qualifying match. By the way, did you guys get the meme I sent you with the uh, Saul Michaels playgirl and all the poses? Yeah, oh, yeah I didn't cute. get it. You didn't get it? No. You, like you, you didn't understand it or you didn't receive the text? I, 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 I got it. I just didn't. Yeah. I didn't pop. <laughs> he didn't pop for it, Justin. Went over that spiked hair of yours, huh? It did. It's really high. Someone said that <laughs> to me on Twitter. Very rude. So you can trim it when I mean actually Matt, let me tell you when because mine was longer at first I actually found it was way easier to trim when it was spiked up rather than doing it when it, it was yeah uh I'm yes uh, to take scissors to it tomorrow I'm doing it though yes yeah, so we had so many comments the other night about our haircuts uh it's this is what people are fixating on now in this era uh let's talk about the money in the bank qualifying match Drew Gulak versus King Baron Corbin really leaning on uh, the injury Corbin gave to Elias last week when he attacked him. Um, and this match tonight, Daniel Bryan was out there. Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura appeared on the side. Um, yeah. Honest, I, mean, I don't care about this. Yeah. I feel bad I think, saying I think, that. I, I, yeah, me too, because we like, uh, what's his name? Drew Gulak. Uh, Drew Gulak. I want him to do well. So I hate. Normally, I would. I'm just gonna be honest with the fans. Right now, I would like pretend to really like this because I want the fans to like him, and then therefore him get more over. <laughs> but yeah, I, I got. I, I got to be honest. This was. It's not his fault. 
It's just Baron, and Baron does a good job. He gets heat. He does what he's supposed to be doing. I'm just not entertained when I watch his stuff, his matches per se. I, I think promos a little bit, but not his matches. Yeah, I think as I think Baron Corbin is as we talked about, he's one of the best legit heels in the business and, and in WWE. He's one of the few that really, really feels the pain of not having a live crowd because he does get heat. Ooh, good yeah. call, great call. It is. You know, I mean, it just kind of makes it makes it just makes what Excellent. he's doing. It just makes what he's doing seem kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I just he's one of the ones that really gets harmed yeah. not having that. Uh, Brad Stevens four ninety nine saying this is the perfect time for Matt to critique all the finishers that he beat in that PWI list. Oh, so finishers they meant like you finish the end of the year and they're five hundred, they're top five hundred. Oh, gotcha. So it wasn't like finishing moves. Good lord, no. That is a good point yeah. of distinction. I could see where uh, that would be yeah, confusing. Uh, but Raj Giri thanks you for that money regardless. Uh, Phil Phil, $5 Canadian. Sad to see where Nakamura is. He might be the worst book superstar in WWE history. I don't know how they messed him up. Um, I, I agree with that. Him and wow. Joe both uh, fight each other out for that, for that award. But, um, yeah, Nakamura. Nakamura was a guarantee. I'm sorry, headline act. I don't care. How good his English is or isn't, he don't need it. He's so charismatic just physically in his isms that he comes to the ring with and how he looks. He looks like a freaking rock star, and he's a badass in the ring. His kicks were lethal. Him versus Sammy said it all, all right? That's why I was like, this dude could wrestle John Cena tomorrow and sell a place out there if they did this right. Matt, I agree to a point, and we've talked about it. You know, I'm glad and I were both there for that Nakamura Sammy match in NXT when he made his debut. And in that environment, he works great. And NXT is a different ball game than what Raw and SmackDown's presentation is. But you look, you look at Raw and SmackDown. You look at, at Raw and SmackDown and WWE for the most part's history, at least in the last 25, 30 years. Characters, guys from Japan, and even characters that got over, like you know, whether it's, you're talking about a Nakamura or uh, or Kenta that came over and worked as Hideo Itami. To even the, the drop in the ball, they screw it up. Yeah, they don't let them just be who they are. They tried to do stupid stuff with them. Matt, Matt, Matt Bloom buries them. Matt Bloom was over like Rover in Japan, and they bring him over and they try to strap him to this ultra Japanese Lord Tensai gimmick. I mean, you know, Yokozuna's been the only ultra successful Japanese character, and he wasn't even Japanese. But they, uh, but they didn't stay. But they did not stay under. They don't understand the culture whatsoever. That's apparent and obvious. They cartoon it. They cartoonize yeah. Japanese wrestlers usually. Or they make him into comedy stuff. Look at the Jerry. The Jerry did some entertaining stuff. Right. That's where I'm surprised. The best of a shitty situation. The Jerry did. I'm I'll, surprised. I'll yeah. I'm surprised. Not going to spit in green mist yet. Well, no. So, 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 yeah. Me too. So, so even Matt, Matt Bloom. There was no reason to take that character off of Matt Bloom. There's no reason to stop that and have him start doing the dancing gimmick with uh, Brodus Clay. There's no reason for that. He was a monster. But they do what they always do with them. They build them up to a certain point and have them job to John Cena, and it's back to the, back to the bus again, back to the end of the line again. Um, and and with Nakamura though, he didn't even get that. Like they just, he had the coolest entrance, the coolest music. He, I still think is the coolest music entrance. Um, he's over, dude. You can tell by how they reacted his first few weeks coming out on SmackDown. Yeah, and people would lose their shit. It's that company's job. To maintain that pop with with how they book him. It was Dolph Ziggler, man. It was that thing where him comparing him, uh, that saying there was like Michael Jackson, um, those promos. Then when they had him doing the painting, talking about his masterpiece. 
I mean, it was just like a slow motion descent into the it mid was. card. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, wrestling enthusiast, uh, Buck99, thank you for pointing out that I'm rocking the mid-2000s Randy Orton hair. Hey, I'll, t- I'll take it at this point. I'm just glad not to have the hair on my head at this stage of the didn't game. You have, didn't you have spikes two nights ago? It's still spiky. I just kind of oh, didn't, yeah, oh, yeah. didn't put it up as much. I, I want to get, you know, I don't want a uh, gimmick infringement on Matt, basically. <laughs> Brother, this shit's like nine feet tall right now. I'm about nine feet tall, I think. Yeah. Matt, Matt looks like he's, <laughs> Matt looks like he's TV ready. Yeah, for me i don't have i don't have the, yeah. the decimal fortitude to do this right now. really ah, it's too wimpy to do it it felt My freeing for me tomorrow yeah i'll tell you man and i don't care how it looks now the point is this is going to grow in exactly how i like it i like a little longer in the front and then just short yeah. on the rest of it but you know i didn't want to mess with uh different attachments i just want to do it quick and easy all over i'm telling you it's getting hotter here in california and uh i really don't care at this point Good. let me tell you it would look it would look weirder if I shaved off the front. At that point, then it would look like I would look like a big bald baby, and that's just not a good look for anyone. But with a beard, no, that looks good. Your haircut looks good. Yeah, it's very polarizing in the chat and in the comments the other night. Uh, anyhow, we why, uh, why could you go? All right, so real quick, yeah. they, can you, my my favorite thing is when someone talks smack like on Instagram or Twitter, and I go to their profile and I see their picture. If they the ones at least have the balls to at least post their own picture not of a wrestler not of a cartoon character not of whatever but of themselves and i'm like oh this dude's a freaking walking target <laughs> should i should i i'm like matt you're bald isn't that you can't <laughs> and i, I want to go in i used to be that's what i love about wrestling i was a heel on tv so i could always always be like oh, i'm working the character what do you mean dixie i'm supposed to say all those things i'm, I'm not why want them to boo me right just want to pull oh, Jay and okay, Silent yeah. Bob and oh, show yeah. up at their houses, you know? She's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's really good. You do that all the time. That's really good. Meanwhile, I was going ham on people on Twitter. It was the best. <laughs> uh, Justin Lopez asking with his super chat, do you think Nakamura dropping Cena on his head made Vince lose confidence in him? That happened after, though. He was already – his promos were already shitty. Yeah. He was already starting to drop a little bit, but that is – I forgot about that. That that didn't help. Trust me. That didn't help. A concussion hurt me in his eyes for, for, for quite a while, I would say. A concussion. Yeah. <laughs> so King Corbin won this match tonight after uh, Cesaro and Nakamura held up Drew Gulak while Corbin got a scepter to uh, hit him. And uh, hyped Gronk signing with the Buccaneers in the 24-7 championship. We uh, had Sheamus versus Daniel Vidal tonight. Quick squash match. And uh, then we saw the chapter three on Jeff Hardy. Um, and then Sheamus did cool. come back out. But, uh, or he was there um, when Lucha House Party made their entrance. We had The Miz and Morrison versus Lucha House Party. Lucha House Party ended up winning that match. Um, so yeah, I mean, I like this, this build with Seamus and Jeff Hardy. I think that's going to be good when it pays off. Do you think these Jeff Hardy vignettes are almost glossing over too much, Matt? Uh, and does it seem weird how they're avoiding mention of Matt Hardy and all that? Well, why? What makes you say that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, when they refer to them as the Hardy boys, it just seems very difficult to gel Jeff Hardy's story in a meaningful way without referencing Matt Hardy. And I get why they're not doing it since he's no longer with the company. Which is so ironic because it was always the opposite way around. 
Yeah. It was Matt always screaming, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Every time, you know, people don't want to see him. They wanted to see Jeff. Jeff's always the bigger star. Um, I think this is okay. I, I know what you're saying, but I'm worried about Jeff a little bit. You know, hmm. and I, I want to see him get more run than what I'm worried they're setting him up to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, after this, if he loses, if he loses, what real use is there left to use Jeff Hardy after this? Right. Right. And, and I mean, yeah, they, they purposely were trying to crop and take shots at Jeff and not Matt in the, in the videos. But I mean, yeah, I'm not right. surprised. I'm not surprised by that. And, and again, this is, this is, this is a, this is about Jeff Hardy's story. It's about Jeff who has his relapses and his problems. Uh, it's Jeff who's going to have the match against right, or a feud right. with Sheamus. So I, I hope I like to see Jeff's always really good at doing some like tweaks and reinvention himself. Whether it's his the face paint, the glow in the dark. I hope he I hope he abandons the music that we know as the Hardy Boys music, and I hope he goes back to the music he had in the oh eight oh nine period when he was a single star. Um, oh yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I think oh, yeah, yeah. Before yeah, I, yeah. I, I like him to go back to I, just just to spice it up again to get away from the Hardy Boys. Uh, and just get back to Jeff Hardy as a solo. Joe uh, Cafaro, Buck ninety nine, add Bobby List to the guys they screwed. I I actually admit I was a little shocked he wasn't in the group that was released, just given how little they've done with him lately. But uh, good on him for for making the cut. Yeah, um, he's too damn good. I mean, they're all good. Some of those guys I got cut too, but Bobby's really, you know, I, I think he's another one that should be a by now a perennial main eventer. I really do. Yeah, I know everybody can't be. I know everyone can be main eventer, right? If you had a list, how many people I say is a main eventer? It's probably like twenty-five people. So somebody's <laughs> got to get bumped down there somewhere. Obviously. Yeah, but he's one, uh, especially though. That uh, I mean, it's similar to Nakamura, just in terms of how they've messed him up. Um, and uh, we'll talk more. Speaking of the cuts, we'll talk more about Drake Maverick and Sarah Logan uh, after we get done talking about SmackDown here tonight. And that mixed on. match. Mix Max Challenge also hurt both talents as well. Oh, with, and Bobby. Yeah. Okay. Mix Max Challenge was, uh, yeah. It did, dude. Yes, it did. Because Bobby Roode was putting Charlotte Flair's robe on and doing like the Ric Flair strut hmm. and like imitating Ric Flair. And it's like, he does that backstage and it's funny. He's doing TNA too, but like, yeah, you don't need to be doing that on TV. Well, you know, I know we're getting distracted here, Matt, because I'm sure you're super happy that the Lucha House Party beat the Miz and Morrison tonight in this match. No, no. Okay, now what Justin said is correct. They are great in the ring. They're exciting. What was that? You just your face with. What's that? I'm just taking a tissue. Just my nose itches. I'm just gonna. Oh, sorry. Thought you had something else. Sorry. No, um, I touched my goddamn like, face so I much. I like, thought you had like smelling salts or something. Yes, that's right. I need to revive you guys myself. You guys. I know this is nasty, but people at home, you don't do this. If like you know, you're about to touch your eye, it's your eye. You don't do this. Well, now I do. Now I've like really pushed the limits of what you can get away with, like using your sleeve for. Because, um, dude, just... I touch my face way too much, yeah. way too much. So tired of and washing no offense, my hands. America, America, we are a nation of nose pickers. Look at any red light. Next time you pull up at a red light, look to the cars around you. <laughs> you will find one. You will find one. Um, so, anywho, uh, back to these two. Um, I like Dorado. He's from here, where I'm from, yeah. uh, Central Florida. Good kid. Really hard worker. Took him a, a minute to get there. I'm happy to see him in the big dance. Grand Metalik, I, I got nothing for. Nothing for him. Um, I just don't – I don't know what it is. I, I, when they all came in, 
he was the one I liked the least for what it's worth. So I don't know if I just have always felt that way about him. He doesn't do anything for me. But um, this was a good matchup because of Morrison. Morrison works really well with these guys. Um, but uh, that's about it. Terrible Trey 89 with the 499 super chat saying, I feel like they're bringing guys like EC3, Rude, Nakamura, etc. We never plan on doing anything with them, just keep them from signing with the competition. I don't think that's the plan from the outset. I don't, I mean, maybe when you re sign someone, right. but I don't think you lure someone away saying right. we're going to sign you and bench you, you know? 100%, Glenn. You're, you're correct. Yeah. But I think they lose interest in people very fast. Very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we had a money in the bank qualifying match tonight with Lacey Evans versus Sasha Banks and Lacey Evans is going to the money in the bank match. Good. Yeah. Excited for that. Yeah. I dug this. Let me ask everybody a question. Cause I love me some Lacey Evans. Love Lacey Evans. Um, after it was all done and she won that mad, that nasty looking right. Uh, ladies, right. Is one of the, my opinion one of the most believable finishers in wrestling. Okay. Yeah. Um, it is nasty and it's looked nasty from day one. If you guys remember, she knocked Becky out with it. I think it was, but real quick after she was done and it, 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 she was in the ring, the heels were up on the ramp. This was right as Bailey just took a boot to the mush from what's her name. Snuka, right. Tamina. Yeah. They shot back to Lacey in the ring. We just was through a really grueling match. And she said, they're doing this with her fan gimmick. Do you think it's time to drop parts of this character? Huh. I mean, that's a good question. Justin, what do you think? Uh, yes. Short answer, yes. Uh, you know, because when she came in as a heel, you know, Matt, I know you've been a supporter of her from pretty like, – like, like I have from, the, from towards the beginning. You could tell, okay, this woman has a chance to be a mega star baby face for them with her background, with her look, with her skills. Oh. But you figure that – and this is a lot of characters have had this that you come in as a heel and you're one thing, but you do have to evolve and you do have to shed certain maybe cartoonish yes. elements to, to be more real and more believable as a baby face. So yeah, I do think there's parts yeah. of that, of that aristocrat, aristocrat, um, you know, pristine thing. She is going to have to, yeah. Overly done cartoon. I mean, look, theme, theme of the night, theme of the night, obviously we're celebrating, they were celebrating triple H for 25 years. His character had to evolve and he had to start to shed some cartoonish elements of his That's character true. to be a little bit more, um, you know, so I, I think, yes, I think it maybe now is the time because especially, especially if she is, if she's primed to either win the money in the bank briefcase or be damn close to it, yeah, that, then is. this is that time that she needs to start, you know, forming her baby face identity a little bit more. For fans at home, um, yeah, follow her Instagram, right? Watch her on there. That, to me, out of any any man or woman superstar on that roster, to me, she's the biggest baby face in real life. Huh. She is an amazing mom, an amazing wife. She puts everything out there for you to see. And how much she loves her family and how much she loves that little girl and what she, she takes being a role model for her and other little girls so freaking seriously. It's it's insane. I thought I used it. To, I, I took it seriously. She really does. She takes fans mail that write her hundreds of times a day, I bet. And she takes the favorite letter of the day and puts it in her wrestling boot for every match. She oh, actually nice. has it built in her wrestling boot, a little slot for a fan letter that she'll put in there that inspired her. And she's like a really great role model and it's all natural. It's not 
gimmicked. It's not like pre pre worked out. Nobody's directing her. This is her in her home life. I mean, she goes from driving a John Deere tractor in the backyard doing legitimate construction. Yeah. I can't even do that. Um, to you know, um, wearing these dresses and these big hats and looking like a runway model. To the next clip, she's punching some dude in the mouth. Boxing practice. She does it all, man. She's a legitimate. I can't say enough good things about uh, Lacey Evans. And all I that. I think she, her star is so damn big. It's only getting bigger. And all that that you've, that you've captured from our <laughs> Instagram, Matt, all that you just described, that is all the makings of the WWE 24 documentary as she's on the rise to have, a, to have the big WrestleMania victory or the big Rumble victory in the future. Like That's all those things that we would get to, to see behind the scenes that makes that babyface run. Um you know, so that, yeah, I agree with you right there. Yeah, so they could tone it down. They don't need to have her uh, out there acting like Blanche Dubois and doing the Southern shtick so yes. much. Yeah, mom, mom, mom. Yes. <laughs> she just walked off the set of Designing Women in 1987. Um, a show I've actually never seen, but I still get the reference. Blanche, uh, Blanche, Blanche was my favorite character. It was not Betty White. It was always Oh, Blanche. and Golden Girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, so yeah, when she was celebrating, Tamina attacked Bailey with a super kick. Um, but this match for Sasha and Lacey was good. You know, I recommend going back and watching this. Is this. Good, very good storytelling. I don't, Lacey is such a badass. I, I think she's past the point of needing to get help to get wins, but still I'll take it because there was times just a few weeks ago, I thought she was perfectly primed to win, what was it, the uh, um, Chamber, the Elimination oh, Chamber yeah. or whatever, um, and other matches, and then they, just, they end up having her lose. So I'll take this win for her any way we can get it. And then we had two video packages, one showing us the history between Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman, who are going to do battle on Money in the Bank, and then another talking about what's going on with Otis, Mandy, Dolph, and Sonya. Now we're going to have Otis versus... Dolph next week and Carmella versus Mandy Rose is the final Money in the Bank qualifiers. Um, and then we had a women's tag team title defense, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defending against Carmella and Dana Brooke. What did you guys think of this? Of what? The match? Yeah, I mean, for a thrown together tag team, they weren't they weren't bad. I mean, Alexa and Nikki ended up retaining. You tell everybody what oh yeah, okay. There you go. Yeah. You told everybody what happened. Um, yes. I didn't like the finish. You thought Carmella and Dana should it. get it? Honestly, yeah. I think they're yeah. I oh. just don't like them as a my my women's tag team champion. I don't. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's it's an odd pairing of Alexa and Nikki that's lasted far longer than I thought it would. Um but I, I'm okay Dude, with that. Ale uh, Alexa's a main event star by her a female uh, uh women's whatever you want to call it a main eventer uh like toward the upper card all right in my opinion as a singles act she's being even though she's a champion i feel like she's being taken down to nikki's level not the other way around but you know what i want well, first off I, I think i'm glad i i, I think they should have gone over it i like dana and i like carmella and, they, and especially dana's come a long way yeah. but that's still just kind yes. of a, like that's that's still too random they need some more they it need, is random, you know but still but look alexa's very talented Matt and I agree that she yes. shines, but what I also wonder, and this is just a speculation, but I wonder, she, I feel like has had a lot of like 
stop and goes with, with her injuries, concussion. So I'm wondering if they feel, okay, this is a way to still feature her, but take some workload off of her by putting her in a tag. Um, that makes sense. It could be. Then shouldn't be our tag team champions. I would have think Brooke, Brooke has been – I don't know when she's going to get her just due either. She's really, really worked hard. She has. She really has. And she looks the part too. And she promos have improved. Uh, so after this victory, we had the final segment. Um, all throughout tonight, they were talking about Triple H's greatest moments. Um Triple H came out. He was quickly interrupted by Shawn Michaels. Shawn started dissing uh, Stephanie. Stephanie calling Triple H, uh, giving him a hard time. Uh, Triple H getting on the phone with Ric Flair, getting on the phone with Road Dog, and then finally Vince McMahon coming out and roasting Triple H. So we talked about this at the top of the show. I mean, this this was indeed more of a roast and a comedy sketch rather than the sort of sincere salutes and uh, building of return to the rings that they usually do. I mean, this was really their attempt to do a bit more entertainment rather than their uh, usual fare. It was different. Uh, like I said, started the show. I liked it. Anytime they do something outside the box, got to continue to encourage it. So I'm not going to crap on it. I was entertained by it. N- not to mention, it's also, I-, I know Triple H is in like the Hall of Fame with DX, but it's all, like Triple H, is, Triple H is one of these guys where it's very hard to do this like full blown, uh, full court press committed serious, serious, serious tribute to just like it's hard to put him in the Hall of Fame as a single star because the guy is going to be there. He's going to take over the company eventually. So like it's why he's never going to have a retirement match anytime soon. He's in phenomenal shape and he can always go out there and have a match at Mania if they needed it or something. So it's like, yeah, if you're you're doing this 25th anniversary, you got to inject some sophomoric uh, comedy with he and Sean. I mean, it's it's just you have to. You can't. It would be weird if it it was too serious because he's not He's not going I away. Lot, I know a lot of fans are getting annoyed with Sean and Hunter's uh, sophomoric humor. They think it's a lot of fans think it's corny and outdated a lot of the time, especially when they brought back DX. Oh it can't. Oh, yeah. it, it can be corny, absolutely. Yeah, it can. But it, you know, it's it's just their shtick. You know, I mean, what you again? You're not gonna. You know, they, they did Edge Appreciation Night you know, nine years ago when they thought Edge was completely done. They have done they did a Ric Flair Appreciation Night the night after Sean beat on that mania because they thought he was done. You can't do anything ultra serious with a Triple H because Triple H is never going to be done. He's going to be there until he dies, you know. Sure, so. you can have a final – yes, you can. You can have a final match. I mean, this is my last wrestling match. Well, not, wrestling. not anytime soon because he's one of those guys. Again, he's in phenomenal shape. You could have him go out there. If WWE got into a pinch where if they lost a bunch of talent to injury, if they lost Ooh. talent – you know, he's a guy Simple. that can all, always go out there. And... Simple. Oh. Coming out of retirement for one night only. Triple H versus Roman Reigns. Or whoever. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I like the, the end with uh, Vince shutting off the lights and the crickets in the performance center. I was going to say, though, how many episodes yeah. of WWE programming have ever ended with a promo like this? No surprise attack. No announcement. I bought the company and I'm in charge now. Like, this is perhaps the most different ending to an episode of a WWE programming that I can think of. I can't even, I've been trying to even think back to something that was like this where they ended a show this way. But we're, yeah, you're talking like it's like this was like a fiend end, ex, um, ending to a show or a, uh, Huge cliffhanger, like no, but that's what I'm saying. It wasn't like they have a formula for how they end these things. Usually, someone's celebrating, uh, someone you're setting up a match, someone's staring somebody down. 
there's a big the big swerve to go home on. This was just sort of like uh, that's all, folks. I mean, literally, that's all that was missing. We're saying that's all, folks. Yeah. So, Glenn, you're saying you, need, you what if Vince would have came out and said, "Paul, happy 25th anniversary." The cut, you're fired. You're fired. Actually, or, you know what would have been better? Here's, here's a 25-year here's a present for you. The company's yours. I'm yeah, here. here you go, pal. You figure out how to make it work. You like, make it That would have been – now, in kayfabe, that actually would have been pretty funny if Vince would have been like, it's all yours, pal. Yeah. You deal with this. Good. Mess. I would have loved yeah. that. I think it would have been great news for us wrestling fans. Vince is like, I'm off to Boca Raton. <laughs> you answer to the shit. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was good. I mean, this show flew by tonight. Even as we're talking about it, I'm like, this is a very watchable show. Uh, yes, not it was. the best thing they've ever yes, done, but certainly not the worst. This was not, I wasn't as, like, guys, a lot of times I'm very dejected to come do this because of the show we have to talk about. <laughs> and I look forward to fast forward button through the show and talk about the shit we want to talk about on the show, the podcast instead. You know, anything but SmackDown normally. Anything but Raw normally. So um, this wasn't one of those times. I felt like this is cool. I had some cool cool parts of the show that I really liked tonight. Really liked the I liked the um, uh, the Forgotten Sons. I really dug that segment. You know, it's funny. You go back uh, almost four years ago, Matt. It will be four years this August, I believe, when we started doing this podcast together. And you go back early on, and Matt would be like, "Let's not get off topic. Let's talk about wrestling." So either did WWE get worse, or did I get funnier? It's either one of the two. <laughs> oh, we, we found out we had so many more things in common. That's, That's true. What happened. Yeah. There's so many ridiculous things in common. It's not even funny. So, like, we could go off on these 20 minute tangents, and Raj would just, oh my God. We yeah, we got rid of so that Raj Geary guy. I, I, I used to do the same thing as Raj. You're right. I used to be like, all right, all right you got to say the match. All right, say the match, Glenn. Say what happened. I almost did it tonight, even. Um, but, uh, I like our other stuff better. It just it keeps me more sane, especially when and when wrestling is really good. I think you can look on this podcast that there are shows yeah. where we're just talking about what's going on, yeah. and that's when it's fantastic. I think I think Money in the Bank. Yeah. I don't want to jinx it. I think Money in the Bank is going to be, be one of those. Even how they me were building too. it tonight, you know. Me too. I agree with that. And WrestleMania was a good example of that with the Funhouse. A boneyard match. I, that was the most excited I've ever been talking about wrestling after that boneyard match in yeah. the funhouse. And uh, Vince McMahon said on the earnings call the other day, "There's going to be more. What do you say, mini movies that WWE is going to be doing?" Oh no! Go ahead, Justin. <laughs> yeah. how, how Vince is on the phone call. He's on the conference call. He's sitting at his desk like a big fat cat. Right, his feet are kicked up. He's got a cigar in his mouth. I don't know why, but he does in my head. Um, and uh, he's on the conference call, and uh, they're like, so uh, this Funhouse, what's this we're hearing about this Funhouse match? It was very, very well received, Mr. McMahon. Do you have any intentions of doing anything like that again, sir? Well, you see, it's 2020. It's time. All you investors, find out what we're really about. <laughs> Drake. <laughs> <Making> <laughs> Very good subtlety with his little head bob that he does do. You're exactly right. That's spot on with the head. The, the very not D Lo Brown head. No, no. Bobble. The Vince McMahon cocky as F. 
when he's got yeah. a great idea that he's about to share with you and your presence, you're going to hear this wonderful <laughs> idea. He's got a little bit of a twitch. Yes. A little bit of a twitch. <laughs> yes. He's got this huge gift that's going to enlighten your entire life. Yes. So here it is. But first, you're going to wait while I take a sip because I'm parched. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See what you will, Matt, you were talking about should we buy stock in WWE? If you look from March 16th, to today, the stock is up 50% from 30 to almost $45 over the course of the last month. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Man, <sighs> this happened to me with Home Depot eons ago. <laughs> this is just why I don't buy stuff. I, I always make the worst decisions. Always, always, always. Always. I sold Priceline I when it was like out. $9. Now it's at 9000 or like now it's oh. at $900. Like I'm an idiot with stocks. Oh. I'm a wimp with it like that, dude. I always wuss out at the last minute. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I'm always uh, afraid. Of, I'm, I'm always afraid I'm going to be on like the opposite end of a, like a Wolf of Wall Street call. <laughs> <laughs> great, great movie. Or, or, or a Boiler yeah, Room. <laughs> the other side of Boiler Room. Oh, that's Classic. I was in, after I left wrestling, I went into sales, and that that movie is like the bible for sale. Every salesperson out there needs to watch that movie. And uh, Justin Boiler. Boiler Room was actually based on Jordan Belfort's company in Wolf of Wall Street. That's I, where they got the inspiration. So I, I read about yes. that. It all makes sense. Um, Boiler Room, one of the greatest pop culture lessons: the act as if about in terms of doing sales, how to pitch yourself at a high level and sell to people. Like, it's not a great movie, but there yes. are some great little bits you can take from that film. Oh, yes. ABC's always be closing. Yep. Vin uh, Diesel was good in that, too, by the way. I, uh, I'm a big Vin Diesel fan. He was good in that. That was when he was on a streak. I mean, he was good in everything for the... I mean, up until maybe Chronicles of Riddick, I want to say. Like, he had a really strong streak going. Was this the bullet yeah. room was like early on for him because like he hadn't yeah. even done he hadn't done like very triple X he yet, hasn't or, yet. Yeah, he had done Fast and Furious. He did Saving Private Ryan and he did Pitch no. Black. I don't even remember him in Private Ryan. Wow. Yeah. And Pitch Black, like Chronicles of Riddick, whatever, the last Riddick movie was okay, but the original Pitch Black was freaking awesome. Like such a good I B movie. You never really? Like, I mean, Matt, it's like no. sci-fi, a little bit of horror. Like, uh, but it's just, it's very well done for a low budget, solid movie. I, I can't recommend it enough. Um, anyhow, so what do we got in the news, Justin? There's, uh, we had the earnings call. There's some stuff with the status of Drake and Sarah. What else? What else do we got? Uh, let's do Vince first. Uh, okay. We were just talking about Vince. So Vince, of course, as we've said, he's on the uh, earnings call. And uh, one of the notable things was he was asked about the ratings, how the fact that Raw and SmackDown ratings have been down in general. And basically, he he says SmackDown really wasn't harmed uh, too much. It really hasn't been. He said he acknowledged that Raw has been. Uh, I won't read all of the quotes. You can go to WrestlingInc.com to read the full. But basically, what Vince was attributing Raw to uh, is he said that there's just a lot of new stars on Raw. <laughs> he, he, at one point, he says, you can read the quote, he says, we don't have Brock Lesnar now, obviously, which he made it sound like they lost Brock Lesnar, like, like they, that he's not under contract, which is just, but that was weird the way he phrased it. But obviously, I think he meant Brock's lost the title, so now he's off TV. Uh, but, you know, they do have a lot of, I mean, you know, Zelina's. That's a weak ass excuse. But that's, that's his excuse. That's his reasoning. And he, and he said that um, Fox and USA, that they, you know, these are tough times, that, that they have 
their backs and WWE has theirs. And, and, and they, he thinks the raw ratings are really going to bounce back once people get invested and these talents get over. So that was his pivot uh, when, when questioned about. Okay. So I'm sorry. I'm going to shoot this down right now because it's irking me. He did this. He's done this multiple times in the past, too, by the way. He blames it on the new stars. And that was cute when Seth Rollins and all of them were new. Um, they're not new. They're not new by any stretch of the imagination. They've been given amazing TV equity. Um, these new stars, huge equity on TV. Um, that's a BS answer, and I don't buy it. As far as I can throw it, no way. Here, I'll read you the um, I'll read you the one quote, Matt. We will no we no longer have Brock Lesnar, obviously, but we have a new champion and a lot of new performers coming in. So it takes a while. So that's the reason and how you use those performers in the story or that story or what you have. So with new talent, it's just going to take a little while. I'm convinced, though, that Raw's ratings are going to bounce back considerably. So here's the deal. Literally, America, our entire country as we speak, sands a few states right now that we're able to open up into phase one right now. Okay, great. But ultimately, the whole country's still at home with a gun to their head saying, you have to watch TV, you can't leave your home. And they still don't watch Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. That's <laughs> terrifying. Yes. That's not good. Yes. There's no more, you're up against the major network's uh, hit series. There's no more, you're up against Monday Night no Football excuses. or the playoffs. There's no excuse of, oh, people are outside. And they're all home. Yeah, there's no excuse yes, of they're out. They're all home. I know. There's no more. There's 97% of people are home, of America's home. And they have the only other options they have is to watch reruns of sports for the last thirty years or to watch coronavirus coverage. And they're choosing not and you're and, and like and it's not like everything wrestling's going down because our wrestling ink numbers are actually seeing some increase at times. So it's not like wrestling fans have just uh, fell asleep in a coma. They are just choosing and they are not enjoying what they're seeing on your product when ninety seven percent of America's home. That's why Tiger King, the, the Netflix shows, I think pulls away. But it's just one or two sources. It's not the bevy of sources that compete against them every single week. There's no excuse here, man. It's bad writing. They've got to start addressing this. And, and I don't know why. I'll continue to preach this as one of the, as a former wrestler. They always blame us as wrestlers. The company does. Uh, they always blame us as being new, too new. We don't have The Rock anymore. We don't have Steve Austin anymore um, and whatnot. They never, ever blame the Raiders. They don't. They may fire Raider here and there, but it is. They'll fire 20 wrestlers before they'll fire the Raider on this stuff. And I don't want to see anybody lose their jobs. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, in general, they've got to change directions. And, and I don't know if you get rid of all writing, but uh, I don't know. Well, you and, get and wrestling it, minds back into the wrestling business, in my opinion. Well, and here's, but here's what's weird, though. Like, Paul Heyman's a wrestling mind. And so we all get excited that Paul Heyman is the overall, you know, driving force of raw the full say though yeah but even still this was paul Heyman's say when they it was paul Heyman who decided to have live come back and be the random pop in ruin the wedding at the end of december be the lesbian yes. lover for lana the the, the big dun 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 and then right. it was never to be spoken about again and, and it was decided it was just for a one night pop to get people talking there's no plan to follow through and that's coming from paul Heyman, who's the wrestling mind and paul Heyman's a brilliant guy who am i to second guess a lot of things but when i hear that and find that out it's like, well, that's not helping anything. What's a one-night pop of a wedding to be interrupted, right. what you expected, with no follow-through to make live into a star, a bigger star, or make a lot like, right? And and so, like, even the wrestling minds, it's it's like, what's happening here? You know? No, that's one. Right. No, well, that's that's one, that's one that I know. That's one scary. that I know for a fact. And I don't know how many others that I'm missing out on here. So, 
I'll take that over new day any day of the week, though. I'm sorry. I, I think there's so many stale, not because of the town's fault. It, it, it's the storylines they put them in or a lack thereof. And again, you still have people. It's Listen to me. It's never a good formula when a stranger walks up to a performer and says, this is how I think you are. The minute that happens, you that, that talent loses their opportunity to be who they are dialed up. And it's that on steroids right now with 55 creative team members. That's this. That's what it is right now back there. And that's why it's so hard for people to get over because they're not able to be who the hell they are. They're very lucky if they get a chance to trip across, you know, slipping on a banana peel and stumble into something that is who they really are dialed up, a la Becky Lynch, right? Every once in a while it happens. But it should be happening all the time with every talent. And it doesn't because creative team members are telling them how to be who they are. That's not good. If I want to see shit acting, I'll go watch a shit movie. Yeah. All right. Uh, so moving on, backstage news. Uh, this is coming from PW Insider and Wrestling Observer Newsletter. This is talking about uh, Drake Maverick, who we talked about on Wednesday, wondering what the status is of him. Also, Sarah Logan. Now, both of those were part of the mass layoffs. Both those talents, Sarah Logan and Drake, were part of the mass layoffs last week. Uh, of course, there's been question with Drake still getting to compete in the Cruiserweight Classic. There was also um, reports coming out that uh, Sarah Logan was originally uh, written to still be used in this past week's Raw, even though she was released days earlier. And she was apparently brought to Raw uh, with the idea of potentially using mm. her. They, they ended up not, uh, but the reports are coming from PW Insider and the, the Observer is that the fact that both, uh, more so with Logan, because you know Drake is still competing for them in this this tournament, that uh, you know Logan, just like the other talents, are in the 90-day no-compete window right now, so WWE's still paying them. So basically, WWE's mindset, as we're learning, is even though these talents have been publicly released, because WWE's still paying them for the next 90 days, if WWE feels that they can find a use to use them, even if in a one-off, they still might. So that's what they justify with Sarah Logan. And and as of now, this report from PW Insider and Wrestling Observer saying the Drake Maverick is still legitimately gone once he's done this Cruiserweight Classic. But, of course, anything can happen. Anything can change. But supposedly he is gone with the intention of being gone once this is done. And finally... I thought uh, he already lost. Well, he lost, but everybody... So everybody in Group A, which is four competitors, he gets to fight everybody once. So he gets to have two more matches. He gets to fight all three of his... Yeah, it's not a single elimination. Yeah. Uh, Matt, could you imagine if you were sitting out your 90 days and they were like, uh, hey, Matt, could you come back on SmackDown next week? We think the Mexicals need to beat you up another time <laughs> just to really drive home a point. Dude, you should already know what my answer to that would be. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it is. Especially now when like getting out of your house and traveling uh-huh. not as comforting as what it used to be. Um, Funny, you know, I would say WWE exploiting talent. No, that's nothing they would ever do. I mean, this is just like, this is just such bullshit. Like hire Drake, hire, hire him secretly, put the word out there that like, yeah, they did. even, you know what? Save face and say, we did let him go, but we saw his promo and we decided, you know what? He's back in the company. We're just not making a big deal because we want the story to pay out. Just do that. But they really seem like shit bags, not confirming that and be like, no, he's not hired back. We're just riding out this, this 90 days. All right, and finally, sorry, and, and finally, uh, AEW Dynamite ends the two-week win streak that was for NXT uh, this past Wednesday. Dynamite wins the viewership, drawing uh, seven hundred and thirty-one thousand viewers, topping the NXT viewership of six hundred and sixty-five thousand. So seven thirty-one to six sixty-five, AEW with the win. Wow, that, that that's a pretty decent margin considering yeah. these two shows and what they usually 
are compared with each other than that, that their numbers each week. AEW ranked number twenty. Disparity. Sorry. AEW ranked number twenty four in the cable top one hundred and fifty. NXT ranked fifty. I'm shocked that it wasn't even close this week. Yeah. Well, like, let me ask a question. Uh, I mean, AEW's numbers are down. Ultimately, why are people not getting on them? Well, because their number, their number, else to watch on. Be, well, their numbers. Well, they. Yeah. Uh, that's true. Their numbers are down though in a smaller margin. They 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 live in that hundred thousand. They, they they live in that six hundred thousand to between one million. Yeah, nine hundred thousand general. You know, they live in that. They live in that range. I mean, you know, we've seen with Raw and SmackDown. We've seen. I mean, uh, just a just a longer, more. I mean, AEW Dynamite's only been around for six months. We've seen a much longer uh, withstanding for a couple of years now. Decline for Raw and SmackDown, all in the time when they're getting more money than ever for TV rights for their programming, which is uh, you know, good on Vince for being able to pull that off. Yeah, that's what they got. Uh, HJZ Buck ninety nine, the hacker, not on tonight. Oh. Sorry, I didn't see the second part of that. I do want to add people asking in the chat. Look, we're not talking about the Velveteen Dream thing. Uh, this is a very serious allegation uh, that was made against him today. He's responded and denied it. This is still a developing story. It involves minors. Uh, we are not a news show. Wrestling Inc. is a news site. We are a show where we you know, give our viewpoints and crack wise and talk about what happens in the world of wrestling. I think this is a very, very sensitive incident. It absolutely deserves to be investigated, but I do not think it is proper fodder for us to discuss tonight about our theories or reactions now, to this. Now, once it gets broken open and we know what the facts are, then yeah. Yeah, That's and, different. I, and I don't want to make I, jokes I, about I, it, and I apologize for putting that super chat uh, on there, but Wrestling Inc. has the story with Velveteen Dream's response to the allegation. Again, it. this is really, really serious stuff. Um, I And, you know, I do not think that wrestling... This is a matter for the authorities, and uh, it deserves to be investigated to the fullest extent. This is not for wrestling journalists or fans well, to try and uncover what's really going and on. What can, and what can we say? All we can yeah. do is speculate all the avenues of what's... I mean, it's just, it would be just nothing but a bunch of speculation and... I don't know, yeah. There's nothing... Like Matt said, when if WWE puts out a statement or if actual facts come out, then we can... We'll cover that and react to that. But right now this is still developing and we want to be very sensitive to especially uh, the privacy of uh, the the people that are making these allegations and uh, as respectful as we can be. So um, on that note, we're going to be back here on Monday night. We're going to talk about Raw, me, Matt, and Raj. And I hope everyone's staying safe, staying healthy and what's going on. Matt, how are you you holding up, man? Aside from the fact you're going to cut your hair, you're at that stage. Yes, I got my hair tomorrow. It's a big step. It's a big step cutting got. your own hair. That's all I got. Cool, man. Justin, all well with you and yours? All well, happy, healthy, and safe. Cool, guys. Stay tuned to Wrestling Inc. for the latest in wrestling news, and we will catch you back here Monday on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, 
or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.